It's November 23rd, 2023, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Happy Turkey Day, everyone. Obviously, we're not recording on Thanksgiving because we haven't completely lost our minds. Uh, Most likely, we're like the rest of you guys. We're overstuffed and in a turkey coma on the couch. Now, unlike a lot of you, I'm I'm not going to be watching football. It's always the Cowboys game for us every Thanksgiving, it seems like. And I can't remember... (laughs) I can't remember how many of those I may or may not have watched growing up, but I haven't watched any any here recently. But we, we thought we'd take this you know sort of day of football because there are three games today to really talk about a product that is actually associated with football teams and its players and stadiums. And so we thought we'd talk about artificial turf. Now, I'm not sure about you, Matthew. I, I, I'm going to ask you this because because... I know what I think of when I think of artificial turf. When you were growing up, did your grandparents ever have that like green, electric green stuff that was just kind of glued to every hard surface outside? No, not really, because my grandfather growing up was a really big gardener. So he actually had a pretty massive garden in his backyard where he just grew absolutely anything and everything. So for me, it was, it was very, it was a very natural, uh, much more natural to have actual plants and things versus fake grass somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And and especially as he got older, he took great pride in maintaining and keeping up with all of his gardening and, and yard and everything it was absolutely clipped to perfection and it always you could you could have a lawn party out there any day of the week. So 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 artificial turf has been a bit uh on on my naughty list, if we're getting into holiday references already, well, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I always think of of I, I and I know I've had relatives who did had the had the really thin green that sort of electric that electric green grass, or if you want to call it grass, put that in a little bunny ears. But it was that grass that I don't know. I think I think part of me says it became just a safety for them because it was a little had a little texture to it and you could walk on it. But I, I know when we moved into our house and we bought it from the original owner, the entire back patio was covered with it. And one of the first things that we did was get out there and go and start pulling all of it up because it just was, it was one of those things that it was so dated and it wasn't wearing well. But, but when we talk about artificial turf now, when we talk about fake grass, that's not really what we're talking about. It, I think it was sometime around 2010 when we started seeing all of these sales reps coming into the office and they were all, all bringing in this, the, I guess it was the latest and greatest in artificial turf, but it was a big push to use it for residential applications. I think too, the same time was we were starting to see all the green, not green agenda, but the, the green regulations and lead and USGBC started coming in. But what they were bringing in was, was absolutely, we thought it was really amazing. I mean, and really slick because the color, the length, the texture, all everything that we were seeing was was really this big, big step above what we think of as being something that they would have glued down to a patio. And so that's really what we wanted to talk about today. It's the stuff that 15 of the 30 NFL teams are currently playing on. And so we thought we'd, what we'd do is we'd start with just exactly what artificial turf is and how it's typically installed. 
and then toss out a few of the comments that you hear about turf. And I don't want to say, part of me says dispel the myth, but sort of maybe, maybe some of the change, some of the thinking behind the comments that you, you often hear about artificial turf. Yeah. So we'll start with what is artificial turf? What is it made of? And, and turf, turf is made out of two parts. There's the backing material, which can be anything from jute to plastic to the, the same kind of rubber that goes into your car's tires. On top of that backing material, they will attach the synthetic grass material, which is some kind of plastic that gets dyed all kinds of fun chemicals to add all the other features that the artificial turf needs. It needs to be green. So there's a chemical for that. It needs to have resistance to the sun's UV rays. So there's a chemical for that and so on and so forth. And then it pretty much gets installed the same way you would install carpet in your house. They, they prep the ground, beginning hopefully beginning with a, a really intricate drainage system because before you install the turf, you actually have to compact the soil and make it all nice and level. So you have to have this really extensive network of pipes that will run through your yard and, and provide that drainage since you're going to be compacting the soil and reducing its ability to drain. And so then after you install this expensive drainage system, then they're going to compact the soil and level everything out because if you have an uneven surface, it's going to be very obvious when the, the turf is gets rolled out because it'll cause wrinkles. And a lot of times it just rolls out into place. Like they don't actually anchor it down because especially outside, because they're afraid that if you put too many like stakes in it, if, if something snags in it and tears that fabric up, that it'll, it'll just damage the, the, the turf itself. So a lot of times they don't even just anchor it. They'll just lay it out there and that's it. And, and I, and I know too, that they, they actually put, I think it's silica sand or sometimes it's like little, I'll say, not desiccated. What is it? Um, denatured, like a denatured granite, but like it's, it's made out of rubber, but they'll, they'll layer that down to help hold it in place. So part of me is like, well, okay, now I've got grass. Now I've got, I guess, technically sand <laughs> on top of it. But it, I mean, it sounds pretty basic, right? You would think so. Then you get to actually like here's and and so at, so now that we've covered how it how it's made how it gets installed now we're gonna start getting into we'll start kind of deconstructing people's top comments on oh well why did I put the artificial turf down and so one of the more popular ones that I've seen a lot of is well I put artificial turf in a shady spot where nothing grows anyway and so ah uh, as 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 a fairly productive gardener, I I have a, I have a big issue with this because I can recommend at least five different types of plants and ground covers that do well in the shade here in Texas. A lack of plants that do well in a specific location is not an excuse. Any master gardener, landscape architect, or other plant profession plant professional can help you in whatever situation you might have that you think that turf is a good idea. And and heck, if 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 you don't want to pay somebody, there are entire Facebook groups dedicated to plant recommendations if you want a free resource. People generally are nosy and would love to give you their two cents on what you should do with that nice shady spot in your yard. It, it, it's just it's easy. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and knowing what I know now about your grandfather, I mean, I can, I can, I can imagine just going to him and say, "Okay, Grandpa, look, here's what's going on. I've got this spot. It's just nothing seems to grow there. What do we do with it?" And probably come up with ten different suggestions. And there are areas underneath my my like trees in the front yard that are kind of not scarce, but they're a little scrappier, I guess. There's not as much grass because the it gets a ton of shade, and so the last thing I would do would be think would think to myself, you know, what if we just put down artificial grass? Because because there has to be something there, and I know there's something there that we could actually actually put down and make it work. But the other thing you hear a lot too when it comes to artificial turf is this idea that I wanted the lower maintenance yard that still looks good and it doesn't require constant watering or mowing or upkeep, and and artificial turf just just meets that need. That works for me. To which. It's really not true. It's <laughs> lowered maintenance of an artificial turf yard really is a myth because ultimately you still have to water your yard. So let's get Yes, you don't have to mow it, but know what? You're going to have to water it, especially if you have pets or if you're in an area where a lot of animals have access to the yard. And I'm thinking like in our neighborhood alone, there's coyotes, squirrels, cats, raccoons, possums, not counting our own pets. They're going to pee and they're going to poop on the turf. And if it stays on there for too long, one, it's going to start to smell really bad. And two, it's going to start degrading all the synthetic fibers. And if you have kids or, or that spend any time out in the yard, think about that. They're going to be running around this, this synthetic turf where all sorts of animals have peed and pooped. And so you are going to have to actually rinse the yard. You're going to have to get the water hose out there and start spraying it down. Not to mention that if you've got kids, it's, we're talking about, you know, they've spilled something that they've been carrying, or if you're having a cookout, someone's managed to drop food or some barbecue sauce or something. It, it won't take much. And over time, I mean, a little bit at a time, it's going to start to show a lot of wear and tear. And on top of that, not only are, do you have to water this thing to, to give, keep all the pee and the poop off, you're going to have to actually water it because it has zero ability to cool itself down. What would normally be, you think about, you know, in the summertime, your backyard, even even with grass, it still gets a little bit warm. But sitting there, it's on the average 30 degrees warmer than the air around it. And good luck with that, because we just had a record-setting summer this last year, and it I mean, 110, 112 degrees. Add 30 degrees to the top of that, and think about how, <laughs> how uncomfortable this is going to be, because... You just, there's no way for it to get, I guess, really absorbed. And we talk a lot, we've talked a lot in the past too about the heat island effect that you get in urban areas because of all the blacktop. So basically you're sort of creating this heat island effect in your own backyard. So a lot of times the artificial turf owners will simply sit down and water their turf just to cool it down. We also made this analogy. and, And so, you know, we're talking about watering, mowing, and upkeep. Turf is like carpet, but it's for the outside. So if you've ever had carpet in your house, you know you have to vacuum it to get up the little bits of stuff that get stuck in it over time. And while it's something that's easy to do inside, how excited are you going to be to vacuum your entire backyard once you have it installed? I mean, I wouldn't, I guess maybe if I dropped something in my, my grass backyard, I might vacuum it up just to see if I can find it. But you can only use a vacuum on indoor artificial turf. You can't really really use it outdoors. So when you read the manual for care and upkeep, you'll find that you have to rake it or sweep it regularly to maintain that pristine lawn look. And I think it's something too about getting the, the uh, is it the direction 
of the grass kind of going in the right way so it all sort of works together that rings a bell when you mention it but but yeah i i i i didn't go too far into that part of the the manual but but yeah i i i seem to remember that too from from talking with with a, a rep one time yeah you'll you'll have to rake it occasionally because you'll you want to have the the fibers all kind of going in the in the same direction and i'm like okay well you know how many leaves i have to rake <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to rake my my fake lawn, so it's just one of those weird things. And and it's funny. It's it's you know, people will tell you, well, it's going to be so much easier to deal with. But the reality is, it's probably just as hard, if not harder. Yeah. And speaking of kids, another common reason that we've seen for installing artificial turf is something to the effect of, oh, well, my kids will have a better surface outdoors to play on because of my artificial turf. But that is also coming under fire in a lot of professional settings because every professional sports league in the world at this point has advocated for a switch from artificial turf, which was, again, really popular in football in even in baseball i know the the houston astros had artificial turf in in their astrodome back in the 90s but every every major sports league in the world has advocated for a switch back to natural grass because their players are complaining about more frequent injuries when playing on turf and in fact there was there was a study from 2012 to 2016 of regular season NFL games that showed that there were 16% more injuries per play on artificial turf compared to grass. And, and, and that, and that's just on the basis of when you're running on grass, it has a certain feel. It has a certain a way that it responds to somebody's shoes or cleats getting into the, getting into the dirt. It's like we know Grass is a very predictable surface to play on because we know how it reacts. We've dealt with it ever since we were born. So it, it's it's a very it's it's a very intuitive surface because we've been dealing with it for our entire lives. Now all of a sudden then you have to go and switch to an artificial turf which acts and behaves completely differently underfoot. The United States is hosting the World Cup in 2026 and here in the DFW area, we're actually going to host a couple of those World Cup matches. And the Dallas Cowboys, which play in on artificial turf, will now have to switch out their big fancy stadium for natural grass because it was part of the deal the stadium made as it was bidding to host the World Cup to switch out their artificial turf for natural grass because it was because international soccer players around the world have refused to play on turf because it's it, it changes the way that the ball rolls on the grass on on the field it, it it speeds up the pace of the game to a a dangerous level and it just adds more potential for injuries then there's also the off gassing if you spend too much time on your turf, you are likely exposing yourself to chemicals that could give you cancer in the long run. There was an investigation into the deaths of six former Philadelphia Phillies players who spent most of their careers playing games on artificial turf from 1971 to 2003. These players all died in their 40s and 50s from the same very rare brain cancer 
which, oh, by the way, has been linked to long-term exposure to the same types of chemicals found in our official turf. Now tell me how much you want your kids to go out and play on that, because I wouldn't want mine. Well, and, and you know, you, during the summertime, they always tell you, be careful when you're walking your dogs because the pavement gets really hot and it can potentially burn your, your dog's paw pads. I'm thinking, okay, honey, it's, it's 110 outside. Go hop onto, the, <laughs> hop onto the artificial grass where it's 40 degrees warmer than that. And I don't know. It just, it's, I hadn't really thought about that or, or about the off-gassing thing either. That's kind of creepy. But the last reason for us that turf is not, artificial turf is not really the best choice of things is really about couple things it's, it has to mostly do about how it's installed because you really have to have this solid compacted soil or some other hard surface i've seen them even talk about like doing comp- compacted granite to install the grass install the grass on top of it but that that like i said that solid surface needs really good drainage because if you don't you have the potential to do things like hide low spots in the yard where you have the potential for water to kind of gather underneath the turf and at some point start providing a nice little breeding ground for mosquitoes. The other thing too is, is if you don't have really good drainage, and we talk about this a lot as architects because you need to have water draining away from the house. And if you don't have really good drainage, there's always that potential that the foundation of the house is going to suffer. So from a structural perspective, you, I think it's going to come down to really how you do it. You know, A lot of this is how everything really gets installed and trusting that it's getting installed correctly because foundation is going to be the most important part of your building. And if it starts to go bad because you've installed all this artificial turf and it's not draining properly, then yeah, it's, it's you know, I mean, even, even now, like there's uh, water puddles in my backyard and I'm like, oh God, we've got to do some regrading to, <laughs> to get that. It's not, not impacting my, my foundation at this point, but I can just see it sitting there thinking, okay, we need to do something about that. So all of these are kind of these weird, I don't say weird reasons, but but the things you don't necessarily think about when you think about artificial turf, because it sounds like such a good idea. But we all, we, we think, you know, if you, you as we've been talking, we, we think that, you know, these are really good reasons just to avoid it altogether. Just stick with grass, or if grass is going to be too much, there's always the xeriscape that you can use. There's always a solution before you start moving on to a synthetic material. But what we'd like to do is hear from you guys if you've had your own experience with artificial turf. And what I, um, oh, the, I thought of the word for the stuff that goes on the patio. And now it's gone again. <laughs> That's going to drive me crazy. But, you know, you can always, always reach out to me. I'm at Spotted Dog Arch on Instagram and Twitter or Larry at SpottedDogArchitecture.com. And you can find the podcast at Arch Geeks Podcast on Instagram and at architecturegeeks.com on the internet. And you can find me at addingarchitecture.com or email me at matthew at addingarchitecture.com. I think that's where we're going to end it for today. I hope y'all have a happy Thanksgiving or whatever you tend to celebrate these days. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.